You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey, friends, welcome back to Therapy Thursday, where I am joined with my friend, mental health counselor and Christian therapist, Dr. Lydia Martinez. Welcome back, Dr. Lydia. Thank you, Lisa. I hope that uh, you had a really nice week, and I'm very excited to talk about our next topic. Yes. So did you guys know that we all have a tendency to attach or to relate to our significant others, the important people in our lives, the closest relationships with four basic attachment styles? Those attachment styles are formed from childhood, and they teach us how to relate to the loved ones as adults. And knowing those attachment styles can help us because one, we can recognize where our weaknesses are. Two, we can recognize that our foundation and closest attachment should be to Jesus. And third, it can help us to pray and bring those hurts or injuries to God so that he can heal us so that we don't bring in our baggage from our childhood and continue to drag it in, drag it around for the rest of our lives. Dr. Lydia, can you tell us what those four basic attachment styles are? And I think people can tend to have one primary and be a little bit of everything, I guess, right? But what are the four primary basic attachment styles? Okay, let's begin by first, let me tell you who came up with this theory. And it is a theory. It's a pretty powerful theory. It was John Bowlby, and his theory is based from uh, an evolutionary standpoint. But I'm going to tell you how strong this is and why it's relevant to us. Do you know what imprinting is, Lisa, in nature? It's really cool. For example, like when a duck is born, uh, the very first thing that they see, they're going to attach to because that's the way that, that it's programmed biologically. So it's going to attach to mama duck. Usually it's mama duck who is sitting on the eggs, just waiting patiently for that egg to crack. And as soon as it cracks, the first thing that the duckling sees is the mom. So it's called imprinting. It's an immediate attachment to the first thing that they see. And so that's, you know, how you see those cute little ducks with the little duckies following them. That That's what imprinting is. They know to follow mama duck. They know the difference between mama duck and all the other ducks. And they know the difference between mama duck and a cat, mama duck and a rat, or mama duck and and any other kind of a possible predator. So it's a self-preservation animals have been wired. Dr. Bowlby, he came up with this attachment theory based on that imprinting. I remember showing my kids that cartoon um, the man with the yellow hat, George. Curious George. Okay. Curious George. Curious George uh, sits on a bunch of eggs for his friend, the goose, and or duck, can't remember. And um, they happen to hatch, so they're following him around the whole episode, and and it shows how um, this is just imprinting. This is exactly what what is done when. Um, when little ducklings are born. So he says that there are four attachments, that we have one basic relationship and 
those first formative years from zero, even infants, all the way up to two. And then he also says that up to five, you know, so those first formative years are very important to have one person that we are attached to that really take care of us, that meet all of our basic needs. So there's four attachments that he says. There's a secure attachment, anxious attachment, the avoidant attachment, and then there's the disorganized attachment. So let me just kind of briefly define each one of them. The secure attachment, obviously it's in the word. A secure attachment is a, a person who feels comfortable in close and emotional and intimate relationships, and they're able to rely on others for support. The anxious attachment, this is a person who is characterized as high level of emotional intimacy, but are often insecure, insecure, or they're worried about rejection or abandonment. The avoidant attachment, this is the person who they value their independence, they're self-reliant, and that's really more important to them than emotional intimacy or connection to others. And then there's the last one, the disorganized. This is the person who has a desire to connect with other people, but is very fearful and uh, is fearful of being rejected or hurt. So they, they kind of go between, they kind of go back and forth between being close and withdrawing and being close and withdrawing is a struggle for them. Now, if we bring that back to Christianity, if we think about how we're connected with our father, if we have a secure attachment with our father, he helps us through the Holy Spirit to connect with other people. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and yes, we have had moments where we feel maybe anxious in our attachments. But again, if we have a good connection with our father, we can go and pray about it. We can learn to connect with other people and have and build that trust over time. We were not meant to be alone. Okay. We're meant to be in community and we're meant to connect with other people. I can see where I have had each of these attachment styles with God at different times in my life. I think it's it's not definitely not based on the gospel because the gospel tells me that I am fully known and deeply loved regardless of what I do, how I behave or how I seek God. But my carnal mind tells me that when I behave properly, pray often, read the Bible daily, then I can find that secure attachment with God, which it is true. When you seek God, you will find him. However, if I'm feeling insecure in life and, you know, like when I, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I went from, from a secure attachment and, and it was a process. It was almost like a mourning process. I went to anxious, wait, Lord, are you here? Are you here, Lord? And I became very needy of him. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the avoidant. Like I just won't, I won't pray and I won't be because then death won't come. Right. Cause if I'm not surrendered to this, then I can kind of fight it. And then I went to disorganized where I'm like, I need you near, but wait, not, not so close because then if I'm alone with you, I feel you calling me and you know, you can go through all of these different emotions and hopefully each of those experiences leads you back to secure attachment. Just recently I, I was praying about something and I just, my heart was broken. I felt burdened. I knew I needed to be close to God, but I couldn't quote unquote feel him. And I found it difficult to communicate my heart and my needs to him because I was just so emotional. And so I just kept praying, 
for the Holy Spirit, like the Bible teaches us, to interpret my prayers. The Holy Spirit, come and you know my heart. So please bring my heart before the Father. Help me to express myself in a way. Because sometimes we don't know what to pray. I don't know what the right thing to do is to pray. And so I just sought him through prayer, read the word, prayed the word back to him and asked the Holy Spirit to intervene for me. And that brings you into a place where I'm in your presence. I'm seeking you. And and I felt that secure attachment. He's got me even when I don't feel him near, even when I don't understand what he's doing or agree with what he's doing. God is with me and he's near. Yes, he is always with you and he is always near. We're the ones that are tethered to him and sort of kind of leave and and come back to him and we leave and we come back to him. But he he's the one that's stable. He's the one that is with us through the whole time. So there's some biblical verses, I think, that can help us realize that God is very much about um, having that secure attachment with us, that really he's not the one that's wavering, that it's us, that we're the ones that are wavering. He wants us to connect with other people. You know, he wants us to have community with other people. That's how we relate to others. That's how we learn from others. We watch other people go through things and that's how we connect. That's how we have compassion and empathy. So I think it's very important because if you don't have that connection, then what do you have? You're empty of feelings. What happens if you don't have feelings for somebody else right. or other people? Then, then you're going to hurt people. Yeah. And when we connect with God, we can then transmit that to God or take God to other people. Ephesians 4.32 tells us to be kind and compassionate to one another, to forgive one another. And then it goes on to say, just as Christ God forgave you. As he forgave right. you, you forgive others. So as we accept his forgiveness, then we can offer that forgiveness. And it makes it so much easier when there's times that I cannot forgive somebody. I just have to remember all the times God's forgiven me. That's right. Or Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. Well, the Bible teaches us that God is our friend. God is with us during the good times, during the bad times. I think God is always near, but if we quiet our hearts and seek him, then we can experience that intimacy with him. And we're told in James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given to you. So if you're wondering, where do you fall within this? Why do I have an issue connecting with other people? Why do I guard my heart so much? Why am I so fearful? Well, then you can go to God and talk to him about that. And he can reveal things to you and he can also heal you. Absolutely. I think it's a really nice template for us to base our earthly relationships on. If we have a good relationship with our heavenly father, we see what he did for us, then it's nice to be able to mirror that back to other people. So let's talk a little bit about how these relationships relate to our relationship, you know, these relationship building theories and attachment relate to our relationship with, uh, with Jesus and with God and really the Holy Trinity and, and um, the Holy Spirit. Let's look at, we all want secure attachment, right? So let's talk about that one a little bit. Right. I think that when we, what we, when we come to God and we have a relationship with God, when we've now accepted Jesus, what does that mean? When we one recognize the truth that Jesus came and died for our sins to make a way where there was no way. 
Uh, he paid a debt that we could not pay. What does that mean? He forgave us our sins. We were never going to be good enough for heaven. All have sinned. We are all broken people who do things wrong, say things wrong, and think things wrong, and feel wrong emotions. And so I think based on that, when we come to Jesus, recognize who he is, our Lord and Savior, a perfect God, and we receive that forgiveness, we enter in a relationship with him. That is the foundation of it. It's never, I'll be good enough, I'll give enough, I'll do enough. That's where it comes into an anxious. You have to do, I always have to be doing something so that I can earn this relationship. No, the secure attachment comes from knowing your father in heaven and recognizing his great sacrifice that he did for you personally, and then receiving the love and forgiveness that he gives, which comes only with faith by grace. It's a a free gift given. So there's no more trying to work at it. It is receiving. Now then the Holy Spirit comes and does a work within us that grows us and changes us, but we do not behave to earn God's love. We grow and change to be more like Jesus because of his love. I couldn't have said that any better. And if you are secure in your relationship with God, then there are, it's nice to be able to mirror that. It's nice to be able to, especially when you get into an emotional relationship or an emotional, maybe even volatile or in a moment of anger where you can go back and say, okay, he forgave me. I got to be able to forgive someone else for what they did. This doesn't even compare with what he went through. So that might be your motivating factor. So then the second one, the anxious attachment style, it, it tries to prevent you from feeling close to God. It makes you feel distant from God unless you're behaving or doing certain things. And it looks different, but common denominator is constantly worrying about losing your relationship with God, constantly trying to do enough and behave well enough to have that relationship secure. And it basically places uh, the anxious attachment style places the responsibility of a healthy relationship with God on your shoulders, which it was never meant to be. So when you feel anxious and you're worried, you try again to volunteer enough to be in church every day to, you know, be the first one at worship because, because you want to, it's based on that fear. So you're trying not to sin, but you're not trying not to sin because you want to because God is doing that work in you, you're trying not to sin so that you will be good enough to be in God's graces. And it's marked by that anxious feeling saying, if you don't try harder, then you're going to lose your relationship with God, which is not biblical. And after a while, you might start resenting God because you feel that he's not going closer to you and look at everything I'm doing for you. And that's how it translates with our loved ones. If you feel like, look at everything I do, I'm always here. I'm always there. And they're not responding in the same way because maybe they have a secure attachment style. And it makes me think of Psalm 27, verse one, the Lord is the light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Or Jeremiah 17, verse seven and eight, it says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord and whose confidence is in him. Notice the confidence is not in my behavior, in what I do to earn a relationship. My confidence and trust is placed in Jesus because those people will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries 
in the in the year of drought and never fails to bear good fruit. I think that's wonderful. And um, there's a study that was done by uh, Kirkpatrick and Shaver, and they said that you can have, you know, we're all broken, right? We all have, um, we're all human. We're all broken. And sometimes these attachments that we have to our, our human mothers and fathers um, are broken, but yeah. it doesn't end there. We can substitute our godly relationship to fill those gaps so that we can have better attachments with people. So it's not saying that these, uh, this study is saying that even though you may have a tendency to maybe be a fearful, uh, have a fearful attachment or be disorganized in the way that you attach to others, that you're avoidant, you try to avoid other people or that you are um, anxious in your attachments. It's saying, hey, you know what? They did a study where they looked at how people used their relationship with God mm -hmm. and that substituted for what they didn't get in their original attachments to other people, which is important. Imagine if you are basing your relationships on fear or yeah. on anxiety, or you're just dismissive, then wow, you're constantly up against a wall. You won't be able to connect with other people and you're going to have the same reoccurring themes over and over and over again. Right. And it's going to be hard for you to have those relationships with other people unless you have some kind of a breakthrough, unless you see how someone has modeled this for you over time. So it has to be, I think, a what they call a paradigm shift. You have to really believe first and foremost in God. You really have to believe in Jesus Christ. You really do have to believe in the gospel and accept it. And then you have to live it. And once you start living it, you start seeing that what Jesus did for you personally, and you have a helper, the, Ho the Holy Spirit to help you through all of these. This, the avoidant attachment, I think is probably the hardest one to, to connect with. It's funny because the first one, you're secure. The mm -hmm. second one, you're anxious. So your fear is that you won't be good enough or that right. you will mess up, but avoidant their fear is that they will be hurt by the other person. So then right. they, they push away and avoid and they have a hard time trusting other people because they're always expecting the other people to harm them or let them down. Uh -huh. and, and this one really, I think, is rooted in, in two main areas. Either it's rooted in trauma, okay, because this is what you've experienced, or it's rooted in pride where you think you're self-sufficient. So either one, it's like a defense mechanism. Either you build this shell to protect yourself and you become completely independent because you don't want to get hurt. Right. Or you build this shell around you as a protective factor because you have a lot of trauma. Right. Um, yeah. That's what I thought of when I read this. It's kind of like those people that build a wall and no matter yeah. how hard you try, you can't get in because they've placed that wall there to protect themselves out of fear that, that they will be injured again. And that really makes, it reminds me of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25. And it says, let us consider, it's funny because this is often used for church, which church is our life, right? We are the church. And it says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, 
to not forsaking the gathering together, but to continue to build each other up. And if you block out the world, if you put the wall and you say, no one's going to hurt me, then how are you loving one another? How are you helping one another? How are you allowing others to help you? And how can you build somebody up if you won't let them in? And how can you be encouraged by another if you're constantly blocking any kind of emotional attachment that that other person is offering to you? Mm -hmm. And I think that if the trauma is too deep, it's important that you get professional help. Have somebody help you work through those feelings, help through work through that trauma so you're not haunted by it. So you're not thinking that it's just automatically going to get repeated over and over and over again, because that's what happens with trauma. You know, I think it's so important. This is not a plug, but I think it's so important if you need a little extra help and you want to reach out to a counselor, that you reach out to somebody who shares your values. And I'm sure there are plenty, plenty of great counselors, but there is nothing like a Christian counselor who can remind you because these attachment styles can be healed with God. They can be healed because you go back, as we said, to that original attachment, which is the one who died for you. If you're not, if you don't receive that healing on the foundation of a relationship with Christ, you're just putting band-aids on things. We don't want to make you better. We want to heal you so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. It's just not enough to recognize it, name it, and now try to do better. It's about healing, allowing God to do the work in your heart while your counselor can show you and point you and reveal it to you. And I hope that if you have a counselor and you're happy with them, that's wonderful. But if you're seeking a counselor and you recognize, I need a little help working through some things, I urge you to pray about it and seek a Christian counselor like Dr. Lydia or someone in her team. Or if you're not here and you're so just seek, go to your church. I need counseling. Who can help me? Is there a therapist that has biblical values and beliefs, because it makes such a difference moving forward. Do you want to be healed for a little while? Do you want to get better for a little while? Or do you want to be healed in a way that leads you into eternity? Oh, amen. I also think that um, the the last one that we're going to talk about, the disorganized one, it kind of oscillates between fear, being motivated by fear and anxiety. You know, so um, what does that tell you? That this is rooted in lack of peace. If you don't have peace in your relationships, if you don't have peace in your heart, then yeah, you're going to be constantly be motivated by things that are not the fruits of the spirit. And definitely fear and anxiety are not the fruits of the spirit. So this one may be like someone who's hypervigilant, always looking for that negativity or have a tendency to always be looking for that anxiety and fear. And I'll tell you why this happens. This happens because sometimes, have you ever heard of adrenaline junkies? Okay. People look at peace in the real world. They look at peace and they think it's the equivalent of boredom. No, peace doesn't mean that it's the absence of energy. Peace means that ah, it's rest. It's, yes. it's a positive thing. It's not boredom. And when... You don't have the Holy Spirit to help you discern that this is not boredom, that the emptiness of problems doesn't mean that, oh, uh, we must create a problem around us because we don't know what to do when when we're bored. 
No, you're not bored. This peace, learn to sit and be still in that peace. And I think that this is the one, the uh, the disorganized one is rooted in that. It's rooted in, oh, what what do we do? Sometimes you don't have to do anything. Sometimes you just have to rest. And I think it comes a lot from a childhood or an experience where there was a lot of conflict and you were the one perhaps that was sought to bring you know you were the fixer and so there was always conflict in your home growing up and there was always some kind of fight or some kind of then or there was somebody upset and you were the fixer then you're always you you walk into a room and you're looking who's a is are you okay are you mad at me are you are you are you okay you're drawn to that because that's what you experienced and a lot of times as we've said in prior podcasts We walk into these kind of situations. Maybe let's say you had um, an emotionally abusive father, a verbally abusive father. You might walk into those kind of relationships again and again and again because you're trying to fix it and come out on the other side with a different uh, experience, a different solution to the problem. And that's a dangerous thing to do because we can't fix other people. We cannot even fix ourselves. We need Jesus in order to heal ourselves. So walking into those kind of situations where you're hypervigilant, always, you're always trying to be that fixer. It's exhausting. It's spiritually, emotionally, and physically exhausting, right? And again, we're not called to fix anybody. When you see that kind of disorder happening, the best thing you can do is remove yourself and pray. Seek God, seek God's wisdom. As we said in the beginning, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed because I am your God. Don't make your God fixing other people. I will strengthen you. I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't be dismayed. Don't be confused. If you see a situation that's dangerous, that's not healthy, remove yourself, seek counsel, seek God. But that I think about that verse about we're not thrown back and forth. You know, you want to be close. I want to be further away. I need to be alone. I need to be with somebody. We're not called to be thrown by every wind and and wave tossed around. We're called to be secure. And the only way to be secure is on the rock of Christ Jesus. That's right. And although this one is rooted in inconsistent and unpredictable caregiving relationships, then As we get older, if we lean on our secure relationship with Jesus and the Father and the the Holy Spirit, then we have the potential to have better relationships. But today was just a brief little overview. I would love to review each one of these in depth, be able to identify relationships in each one of these and, and be able to help people find coping mechanisms to be able to overcome them and point them in the right direction to find the kind of resources that they need for the for better relationship building in the future podcasts. What do you think, yes, Lisa? Absolutely. That verse I found it, it's Ephesians 4 and it's chapter, I'm sorry, it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. And it says, so that you may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful scheming. Everything that we've spoken to today can be based on Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, So then, just as you received Christ as Lord, 
Continue to live your lives in him, being rooted and built up or established in him, strengthened in your faith as you are taught, and then overflowing with thankfulness. In other words, we're not called to be rooted and established in any relationship in this world. We're supposed to be secure in our relationships and have loving relationships as Christ, but our secure rooted where we're called to be rooted and established is in our relationship with Jesus. Well, I think that that wraps it up for us for today. I think that there's a lot of information we were sort of teaching and talking this time around, but I think this is really important for people to recognize what their attachment styles are. In the next few podcasts, I'd like to go through each one of them to talk about coping skills, how to recognize what your tendency is, which attachment style and how to, how to overcome it and how to use, how to use your relationship with our heavenly father to help you come up with other ways to, to make better relationships. Exactly. Now that we can hopefully pray and ask God, which of these categories do I fall the most in? What, What area am I weak in? And then I'm, I can't wait to hear how can recognizing where I fall in this, how can it help me to heal and to move into that secure attachment style first with God and then with others? Well, thank you for joining us, Dr. Lydia. I always learn so much when you're with us. We appreciate your time, your efforts, your calling. Would you pray for us as we close? Yes. And um, well, right before we pray, I wanted to also say that if you know anyone out there who needs counseling or needs to speak with someone um, about a past trauma or an abusive relationship that they're currently going through. I mean, everything that we talked to about this session, about the attachment styles, it's, it definitely is not speaking to those who are in abusive relationships. If you are in an abusive relationship, then you have to utilize the resources in your area. I know that we have people that, that don't just listen to us in Florida. There's 911. There's also the new uh, 988 suicide prevention hotline. Every city has some kind of a, a reach outreach. In, Flo- in Miami, we have 311 where you can call and seek out services. So I do highly recommend that if there is a abuse that you need to deal with that first before you can go back and look at what kind of attachment you do lean toward. So I just wanted to put that out there ahead of time. But yes, let's pray. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be able to talk about how we communicate with you and how you loved us first and therefore it overflows in us and and we learn to love others. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would give discernment to those who are listening, that would give peace and comfort to those who hear this message. And that we would be open to listening to you and to obeying you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Lydia. And thank you all for joining us. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?